Hello, and welcome to episode 33 of ERRX. This week, we discuss a meta-analysis published in the Journal of Emergency Medicine that reviewed dual defibrillation in cardiac arrest. Refractory ventricular fibrillation is defined as persistent ventricular fibrillation with no response to three or more defibrillation attempts. It's estimated that about 10-25% to of cardiac arrests can develop refractory ventricular fibrillation, with the mortality rate of up to 97% if this occurs. Since there is no proven treatment for this entity, people have looked at doing things like giving Esmolol, and we talked about this back in episode 21, and other things such as dual or double defibrillation. Dual defibrillation is just what it sounds like, using two defibrillators and four pads on the patient while shocking. When doing this, the team will grab an identical defibrillator, and then the team has the option of two different pad placements, which is of course in addition to the two pads that the patient already has on. The first option, anterior-anterior, is placing the pads right next to the first set, and the second option, anterior-posterior, places one pad between the other two pads and the second pad on the patient's back. I'll post an image of this on the ERRX Podcast Instagram page and on ERRXpodcast.com. It's very important here that the pads don't touch so that we don't destroy the defibrillators. Dual defibrillation comes in two flavors, simultaneous and sequential. If you want dual simultaneous defibrillation, it's best to have one provider push the shock button at the same time. However, if you want to attempt dual sequential defibrillation, then it may be best to have two different providers push shock on each defibrillator to try to get more of a sequential effect. Remember that there's no difference in efficacy between the two pad placement options or shock sequence options. Dual defibrillation has shown some success in terminating refractory ventricular fibrillation in a few case reports and observational studies, but how does it work? Some say that using two defibrillators instead of one will obviously deliver more energy, hopefully making defibrillation more effective. Another theory is that the first shock, even if delivered milliseconds before the second shock, can lower the defibrillation threshold, which then improves the second shock success. Lastly, another theory is that the more pads you place on the patient, the more vectors our electrical shock has to reach a greater number of myocytes. This particular systematic review and meta-analysis was published to see if dual defibrillation had any effect on in- and out-of-hospital cardiac arrests. This trial ended up including only four studies in its meta-analysis due to a lack of high-powered trials on dual defibrillation overall, and we have to remember that the studies included were from out-of-hospital cardiac arrests, as the authors couldn't find any eligible trials that looked at in-hospital cardiac arrests. The four studies included in the meta-analysis had 1,061 patients, with 217 receiving dual defibrillation and the rest receiving standard defibrillations. All were retrospective cohort studies. Most patients received dual defibrillation after three failed standard defibrillations. The patients were mostly male at about 76-92% to depending on the study, and the mean age was 59-62 to years in both groups. Around 60% in each group were witnessed arrests, and about 50% received bystander CPR. They found similar rates of sustained ROSC at about 28% versus 36%, survival to admission at 30% versus 36%, 
and survival to discharge at 10% versus 14%. There was no statistical significance either at the individual study level, except for one study that showed improved rates of ROSC, or in the overall meta-analysis level, showing no evidence that dual defibrillation is better than standard single defibrillation. The good news was that there was no significant adverse events reported. The authors concluded that although dual defibrillation had no effect on any outcomes of interest, the results are still overall inconclusive due to the lack of firm evidence, and they call for further investigation. This is because the quality of evidence of the four trials included in the meta-analysis was very low, and none of them were randomized controlled trials. Also keep in mind that this was a cohort of -of out-of-hospital cardiac arrest patients who have worse outcomes than patients who arrest in the hospital already. Overall, the authors recommend that dual defibrillation can still be attempted as a potential life-saving option, but there just isn't enough evidence to consider this a standard of care. What do the guidelines say? Although anxiously awaited, I feel like the recent cardiac arrest guidelines released in October of 2020 didn't really add too much. However, this guideline recommends against the use of dual defibrillation, citing systematic reviews finding no evidence that dual defibrillation is effective. I guess we'll have to wait until the DOSE VF trial comes out. This is a randomized crossover trial in hopefully over 900 patients that will attempt to answer the question of whether or not dual defibrillation is useful, but we can't expect results until 2022. In conclusion, although kind of promising in case reports and retrospective studies, dual defibrillation should not be routinely used. To be fair, if the team wanted to attempt this, there hasn't been much evidence of patient harm. Also, while you're at it, you may as well try a bolus of 500 mics per kilogram of Esmolol prior to the dual shocks to help optimize outcomes. As always, thank you so much for your time, and see you next week.